This is NMB Sports. My name is Robert. And I'm Corey. And uh, this is just a continuation of our fantasy football episodes. And today we're going to tell you about our picks for the top five running backs and the top five wide receivers for uh, the fantasy football this, this year. Okay, Robbie, before I get started with um, the continuation of this list, these lists are just my personal opinion, and they are subject to change due to contract disputes like with Ezekiel Elliott or injury you know, with Todd Gurley, stuff like that. So don't – just because, you know, I say that someone's going to do this – doesn't mean that they won't get injured in week three and not play for five or six weeks. So this is based on pure health all the way through the season. No, and that's the thing, you know, if if someone picks someone and then they get hurt or something happens and they're going to have to trade off anyway, you know, so it's, yeah, people shouldn't take, when they're playing fantasy football, they shouldn't take what we say and as a for sure thing. Well, and that's why you need to have a decent bench as well. Oh yeah, for sure. So, and as an in and later episode we'll talk about well how a bench and defense works as well. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You know, if you pick Saquon Barkley and then later on when it comes your turn to pick again, you know, if Todd Gurley is available, take Todd Gurley because one of them could get hurt and you have two very good running backs on your roster. Oh yeah, for sure. So, my number one running back um, will be Saquon Barkley again this year. Um, Led the league in scrimmage yards last year, won Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I think he continues that production, but more so this year because of Odell Beckham getting traded and the loss of Sterling Shepard to a thumb injury. So, I feel like he gets more touches – in the backfield, more receptions out of the backfield, and I think he's pretty much going to carry the Giants on his back this year. He'll now, I do have a question. With all the running back disputes that are going on now, you know, this is just a little side note. Um, so how much do you think that Saquon Barkley is worth to the Giants? Well, he's absolutely invaluable to them right now. I mean, you can't really put a price on him. Okay, so that being said, so people like Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon that are not getting paid or, you know, are not getting, you know, the respect that they want, would that be a different for Saquon Barker when it comes up for him to renew his contract? Do you think he'll actually get paid in future years to come because of how productive and how valuable he is? Do you think he'll be one of the first running backs to get a big check? Well, is this, is, is this something we can look at in the future and say Saquon Barkley will be the di- will be the difference maker when it comes to getting running backs paid? Well, I have kind of two looks on that. Number one, I don't think he's going to handle um, a contract renewal the way that Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, and Melvin Gordon has. I think he's proven himself to be a very unselfish person you know, saying that he will take as many touches as they will give him if that's what they need him to do. So I don't think he's going to approach it with that attitude. But Yeah, that, but that's what I'm saying. Since he is a different – let's be honest with you. 
you know, he's obviously different than Ezekiel Elliott, um, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, he's different than all the running backs just from what we've seen. And I'm dared, I dare say he's probably the best right now. If it if we had to come down to who was the best running back in the league, it would probably be Saquon Barkley because of how unselfish he is and how he just he's a powerhouse. Well, we've only seen one year of production out of him, but I think in the long run, it, he will put up better numbers than Ezekiel and Melvin Gordon. But I I don't know that he's going to be better than Le'Veon Bell. Well, only time will tell. But I'm just – in the road he's headed now, you never know. The road he's headed down, if he continues down the road he's going, he will be – he'll definitely be a Hall of Famer. He's already on the path to being a Hall of Famer. But he will definitely be – a superstar when it comes to the NFL and running back because he he is he is different. He is different. Well if the Giants win any games this year, it will simply be because of the playing of Saquon Barkley. You know, the Giants are not a team, you know, the Cowboys have other backs that they have used in the past and have had decent success with them. Same with the Chargers. The Giants don't have that. If you lose Saquon Barkley, you're going 0-16. Oh, you sure. know, you're the Browns from two years ago. I mean, who are they going to fall back on? Daniel Jones? Yeah, well, I mean, you don't really have a good running back. Well, that's what I'm saying. If the star of the team is Saquon Barkley and then you lose Saquon Barkley, their their savior, Daniel Jones, is he going to pick up the slack? No, he's not. No. So, the Giant, you know, obviously that's a few years down the road as far as a contract, but barring – But, you know, but but for argument's sake, I'm just saying, could we see that – he, his renewal of a contract will be totally different than some that is happening this year with all the disgruntlement of the running backs not getting paid. I, I feel like we would we would see a different handle. He'll be handled different when it comes to his contract renewal. Yeah, I don't think, again, barring, you know, the Giants are going to have to do some major improvement in their draft choices for them to be able to not pay Saquon Barkley immediately when that time comes. Oh, he's already proven that he he's worth the money. Oh yeah. He was definitely the number worth the number two overall pick. Honestly, in my opinion, he was the best player out of the draft last year. Probably probably should have went number one. Well, but the thing there is the Browns didn't really need a running back. They needed a quarterback. Otherwise, he more than likely would have gone number one overall. For sure, for sure. Um, and number two, I have Christian McCaffrey. Again, Christian McCaffrey is one of those who will be explosive. But, I mean, you already have Cam Newton who can pull the ball and run just as good as any running back in the league. Um but Christian McCaffrey, I think, is going to be right there with Saquon Barkley and Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, all those. I mean, he's going to be right up there with him. Some people expect him to have even more production this year than he has in the past two years. You know, he's put on a little bit of muscle in the offseason, and the Panthers expect good things out of Christian McCaffrey. And he's proven he can be in every down back. For sure. Um, number three, I have Todd Gurley. And 
the only reason why I don't have him at number two is because I, I want to see how this injury in the Super Bowl affects him. Um, obviously, Todd Gurley, he could have a touchdown every time he touches the ball, it seems like. And the Rams expect him to do big things again this year. He's a huge part of their offense. He makes Jared Goff look incredible. And I think uh, he is going to be well worth the fantasy draft this year. And I don't know if you have any takes on his injury where you think that will place him. Well, that's the thing. I watched the Super Bowl, and I – I guess I didn't pay attention enough to know that he even got hurt. I didn't even know he had gotten hurt, I, or I just didn't pay attention enough. Because let's be honest, I really didn't watch the Super Bowl because of the two teams that were even in it. I mainly watched it for the commercials. Well, I saw an interview with um, Sean McVay on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and what he told Jimmy Kimmel was that they were expecting Todd to be back in at week one, and he was doing great and fantastic, so I don't – I don't expect him to have a loss in production, but I'm keeping him at the number three spot just to be safe. Because, I mean, he it's a fairly recent injury, and, you know, it could be aggravated again, and he could be, you know, out or not at full production for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm, for sure. So, my number four is Alvin Kamara. Um, since Mark Ingram was traded to the Ravens, Kamara's got most of all the touches. Again, he's an excellent receiver out of the backfield. Um, Drew Brees will rely on him heavily in the passing game. Obviously, he'll have he'll be the starter in the running game, and I would expect him to put up even bigger numbers this year than he has before. Now, um, I don't know much about uh, Camaro, but I would do. I just have a question for you. Why did they trade Ingram? Because they feel like Alvin Camara was their guy, and they probably needed the cap space, seeing as how they just made Michael Thomas the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Mm, um, okay. So they felt like – don't get me wrong, Mark Ingram is an incredible running back. Oh, but yeah. He's more your power back, and Alvin Kamara is more of your slippery runner, um, really probably a better pass catcher. And they just decided that, he, you know, he's obviously several years younger. They just felt like he was the route they wanted to take. And let's be honest, it's not really fair to have Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara on the same team. No, probably not. It would the running game would be just explosive. Yeah, and the and the Saints already want are already want revenge anyway. Well, and it gave Mark Ingram kind of a new life because you know he was on the borderline of being cut from the Saints until Alvin Kamara came along and he realized, hey, I got to step up my game or I'm gone. And oh, yeah. so he brought his game up and he's become one of the best running backs in the league the past two years. And Baltimore needed a uh, running back behind Lamar Jackson. So it worked out really good for the Saints and the Ravens, I feel like. Yeah, and who knows, with Mark Ingram being able to go to somewhere like the Ravens, he'll probably have a good season as well. Yeah. Better than he has had. Well, and it's kind of the same thing as with Alvin Kamara. I'm sorry, Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton. You know, you don't know if the running back's going to get the ball or the quarterback's going to run it. 
and then you don't yeah you don't know what hole to block up because you you would think the quarterback has it and he's going to the right and then you you're the running backs taking off to the left or you know just straight up the middle plays can can mess you up yeah the panthers and the ravens will have a very dangerous backfield this season <clears throat> um and number 5 is james conner the only reason why James Conner's in my top five is because of the contract dispute with Ezekiel Elliott. Not really sure what he's going to do. But James Conner proved last year in the absence of Le'Veon Bell that he can come out and he can be the Steelers' starting running back without missing a beat. Oh, that's that's the thing. You know, Le'Veon Bell thought he was hurting the, the Steelers. <laughs> no, they just had someone to replace him. Yeah, and I mean James Conner's an excellent running back, and so that I mean, actually, go ahead. I mean he's going to he's not going to be taking up Le'Veon Bell slack really because you know he's already done that he's already stepped into that role. Well, but, that's what I'm saying. You know Le'Veon Bell he he was actually it turned around to bite him in the butt because <laughs> it almost was like they were just trying to get rid of him just to get someone in there that could do that could do his job better. Well, but I think he'll have to be a better pass catcher out of the backfield this year for Roethlisberger because now he's lost um, Jesse James, the tight end, and he's lost Antonio Brown. So he's got two less uh, targets and his biggest target in Antonio Brown. And now that most of the cornerbacks are going to be doubling up on Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, they're going to have to rely on James Conner out of the backfield more in the passing game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it looks bad for the Steelers. They've lost two big names. It's, it's crazy. Well, but I think it just gives James Conner and Smith Schuster a more opportunities to create. To big shine, plays yeah. To, to shine. Yeah. But at the and, same time with this, with the team that the Steelers had, they should have, they should have had multiple rings. But, I mean, Smith-Schuster had over a 1,000 yards receiving last year, and Antonio Brown had well over a 1,000 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think the Steelers' offense shouldn't be slept on this year, even without Antonio Brown. For sure. So, that concludes my running back list. If you have any other opinions, takes um, on that. No, that's a, that's a good list, and – um. I'm sure we'll see, you know, those are probably going to be the, from from the sounds of it, it those are probably going to be the top names we even hear anyway this season about, about running backs. So, and, you know, a sleeper one is going to be Le'Veon Bell. You know, obviously the Jets are nowhere near as good as the Steelers, but again, he's Le'Veon Bell. But that just Bell. gives him, yeah, and that just gives, since there's no one there, that gives him more reason to shine because they're, it's either him or fell. You know, he either has to work with what he's got and get yards, which he probably will. He'll probably he'll do whatever it takes to shine there. That's for sure, because he doesn't want to go there. He doesn't want to leave the place like the Steelers and then go to a place like the Jets and then completely get washed up. He don't want to do that. Yeah, but he also hasn't played football in two years, so we'll see how rusty he is. You know, coming out in week one, maybe we'll even get to see him some in the preseason. Sure. But I, I think Le'Veon Bell, you know, if one of these top five that I have on my list are not available in your draft, 
I don't think that Le'Veon Bell would be a bad choice at all. Now, hold, hold on a second. Now, when you say unavailable, you mean by because someone's already picked them? Yes, yes. Okay. Or Todd Gurley unavailable due to injury. Okay. You know? Um. So, moving on to the wide receivers. Um, number one, at number one, I have DeAndre Hopkins. Now, why I have him at the top of my list because last year, if the ball touched his hands, he did not drop it. Every single time he was targeted and the ball touched his hands, it was a reception. And with Deshaun Watson, you know, getting better every year, I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the best receiver in the league this year. Um, you know, I know there's there's some dispute there. The league is full of wide receivers who are explosive, elite athletes, but I think DeAndre Hopkins will have the best year out of the wide receivers this year. Hmm. Um, now, I do have a question real quick just for our listeners that don't know nothing about um, fantasy football, and I don't know either. But um, now, when you're when you're when you're racking up the points, you know every week or so, does the bench get points as well, or no? No, they so do. It, well, they I take that back. They do, but it does not count towards your matchup. So they have to be. They have to be active. Yes, they have to be in your starters for that to for the points to count. Okay, All right. I was just wondering because you know you earlier you said something about the bench, and I was just wondering if the bench has anything to do with with the actual score. Well, and you know I would take, you know I would look each week at the okay. Say you have Matt Ryan starting, and you know you saw that he's going to play the Saints this week, and last week you know he only put up or last year he only put up seventeen points against the Saints, and you've got Aaron Rodgers in your bench, then I would look at Aaron Rodgers' matchup and look at how many points he scored against that team in the previous year. And you might want to juggle your bench and um, starters based on the previous year's matchup. Okay, I see. Because, you know, this is a new year. People are going to be healthy. And if that quarterback or running back or wide receiver had a bad year previously against that team, then chances are that's going to be kind of the same. Okay. So that the bench and starters can be played with depending on how you feel that player will do that week. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And that will, that will affect the defensive part of that more than it will anything else because – you know, I mean, it's one thing to, you know, have Sam Darnold playing against you, but if you have Matt Ryan or Baker Mayfield playing against you, you you might want to change defenses. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, so my number two receiver is Devontae Adams. Um, in the past several years, Devontae Adams has been Aaron Rodgers' number one guy and – there has been no one who can cover him. He regularly has big games, makes big plays, and with some of these second-year receivers coming on, getting better, 
with Jimmy Graham's promises of a much bigger year this year, I think Devontae Adams is going to have a bigger year as well. You know, people sometimes forget, I think, that Aaron Rodgers played most of last year decently hurt. And you look at the numbers he still put up, and, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. You you can't sleep on Aaron Rodgers. So, I, I would look for Devontae Adams to have a big year this year. Yeah, and he probably will, you know, because, I mean, there's really – the Packers are in a rebuilding stage. Yeah, I mean, they have a new head coach. The Packers are have lost or have not gone to the playoffs the previous two years, whereas in the nine years before that, they went to the playoffs every year. So – you can expect to see the Packers in the playoffs. They're definitely, yeah, they're definitely going to work their hardest too. And Devontae Adams is going to be a huge part of that team. He's the veteran wide receiver on there. Him and Aaron Rodgers have a special connection. And Devontae Adams is going to be an excellent draft choice this year. Um, number three, I have Tyreek Hill. He would probably be ahead of Devontae Adams on my list had he not just had this quad injury this past week. He led the um, league last year in fantasy points, and he has the most, I believe it's 40-plus yard touchdowns by far of anyone in the league since he entered. And he is typically the fastest player on the field in any given game. And that means he can take it to the house at any point during the game. So, and he has Patrick Mahomes throwing to him. So, look for Tyreek Hill, barring further injury to that quad, and assuming he comes out good, ready to start the year, look for Tyreek Hill to have a massive year this year. And while we're on him, what do you think of the league not suspending him or fining him or taking any punishment against the allegations against him. Um, I, I, you know, since I'm old fashioned, I I don't know the whole situation about because I, I remember when I first heard something about it, he was saying something about the child was afraid of him or something, and I I had no idea that he had broken the child's arm at one time. And I don't know how he treats his girlfriend or whatever she is to him. But it is <clears throat> if he was coming from a place where he was disciplining the child, then I'm for it because children nowadays just run all over their parents, and parents have just gotten thrown to the side, and the kids do whatever they want. And I'm I'm trying to figure out how someone that doesn't pay bills has the guts to to tell people what to do. You know, if you're if you're living in someone's house and you're not paying any bills, then you should kind of have to listen to what they say. You know, even just from a just from a mature, you know, standpoint, children, the parents have the rights to do whatever they want to their children within reasonable boundaries. You know, you can't just go beat your kids with a crowbar just because, you know, you, you think that's going to teach them. No, there needs to be, you know, guidelines to how you, you know, spank your children but i do feel like america has gotten away from spanking their children and when it comes to tyree hill i think he was a father that loves his children his child and it just in the moment probably went overboard with it in a couple instances 
So on on that aspect, I'm I am for him, and I'm glad they did nothing to him. But he does need to calm down if he's breaking bones, because a child should not a child should respect and in a sense, yes, fear their parents. You know, they should know that the the parents love the children, or you know, the child should know that his parents love him. But at the same time, he should know that the the parents mean mean business, because. If we just that's that's a problem with America nowadays. All these kids running around thinking they're already the bosses, and then when they get into the real world, they find out that they have to be accountable for things, and they wonder why the uh, they wonder why the uh, the uh, suicide ratio has gone up in the last couple of years. It's because kids nowadays think life is just so simple and easy, and everything's always going to be taken care of. Well, no, that's not how it is. We, us as Americans have gotten away from from disciplining our children as as they should be. So when it comes to Tyreek Hill, I'm glad that they 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 handled it the way they did. Well, I wasn't really expecting a parenting 101, but good words. Well, it, but it, it's it's the truth though, you know, it's we we have gotten away you know, and also that's the thing about sports nowadays. They want to make a racial thing or a social thing or a political thing out of everything. And that's not how it should be. You know, sports should just be sports. I feel like people as a whole in America, they watch sports to get away from life for a while. So let's say you're watching the NFL or NBA and the whole time you're watching there, it's, it's either about, you know, they're doing something about race or they're doing something about, political and you know i i just i feel like we people are yeah they're using their platform but at the same time it's a platform that people don't want to see all that stuff on they want they they watch sports people watch sports to get away from life they don't want to see it you know they they if they wanted to see political stuff they could watch the news and then the ratings would go down on the sports so, so you i league should stay out of the players personal lives and leave that up to the Long. Well, I'm just going to put it to you this way. If you if a normal person goes to work and you start talking about political and religion and stuff like that and race racial things, what happens? You get called in HR and you get a warning. Well, since the players are working, you know, that's their job. They shouldn't they shouldn't boast about their political views at work. If they want to do it, do it on their own time on their own social media when they're not at work. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying people watch sports to get away from life. They don't watch sports to see political, racial, religious things. They watch it to watch football, basketball, and so on and so forth. They don't want to see all the political crap. Well, I like. I think it's a good outlook, and I feel the same way. I don't. So, I don't. And think this has nothing to be as involved in players' lives as it tends to be. And that's just the, that, that's what I'm saying. We players as a whole, you know, they feel like they have this uh, they have this right to, you know, be able to do whatever they want on the field. I'm sorry. Actually, they don't. They have rules and guidelines which need they. And that's the thing. A lot of the, the commissioner and the NFL commissioner and, and NBA commissioner, they're very lenient on things, which they should not be. And. They let people get away with a lot, but at the same time, they this is a job. This isn't just where you can just come out there and put your ideas out there. That's not what this is. This is your job. Treat it as such. 
if you came, if you worked at a business place and you were always protesting your, your beliefs, then after a while people would get tired of it and you would go to HR. And if you did not quit, you would get fired. So, and that, I, that's, that has nothing to do with about fancy football. I'm just telling you that that's people do not watch sports to, to watch political or racial or religious things. If they want to do that, that's what the news news is for. There's plenty of bad news on, on Fox, CNN, you know, them channels will gladly take your views. Well, moving back to um, fantasy, I have one more, excuse me, two more wide receivers in this top five. Number four, I have Julio Jones. And again, I feel like I'm stating the obvious sometimes when I'm giving my reasons as to why I think these players will do good. But, I mean, what what can you say about Julio Jones? The man is sensational. He has one of the he, best. You know, you, do you know what Julio Jones is? He is the Kawhi Leonard of the NFL. He he does not talk. He just shows. Yeah. He's a, he's a freak in nature. He's huge. Oh, he's monstrous. And it's just. He doesn't. He, he doesn't need to talk trash. A lot of people, you know, come. Oh, I'm so. You know, I'm so and so, and I I can do this. I can do that. I don't think we've ever heard Julio Jones say anything like that. He is just. He just goes out there and performs, and sits back and let his work talk for him. Yeah, yeah. So there's really nothing to say about him except that watch him. Watch him work. That's all you got to do because he ain't going to tell you. Well, and he puts up a lot of work too. I mean, he's already come out and said. This year, he's going to catch 3,000 yards. I think that's a little bit ambitious, but I can you know what 2,000. He, he, you know what, you know what I like about that? He set a goal. Whether or not he hits that goal, he set it and he has a mark that he's aiming for. Yeah. Well, and you know, if you're Marshawn Lattimore or Brent Grimes, then you know, you're facing this man twice a year, every year. And you're probably not going to win at least 75% of the throws that come your way. Because Go ahead. He's way bigger than you. His vertical is incredible. And again, the man's hands are like super glue. He doesn't drop things. And yeah. Again, he has Matt Ryan throwing to him. I've said it before, probably the most underrated quarterback in this league. I don't think people talk about Matt Ryan enough. No, no, they definitely don't. And Julio Jones is just a freak of nature. Well, I'll be honest with you. uh, Julio Jones is underrated too. Not a lot of people talk about Julio Jones. Well, not enough anyways. Oh, yeah. And but you know what? I think that that's how he likes it, though, because he he doesn't want to be the center of attention. He just wants to play. And I'll be honest with you: when Julio Jones is done, that's going to be the last we hear of him. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna fade off into into the he's gonna fade off as a memory, but he'll still be he'll still be a successful businessman when he leaves the league. But he's just gonna fade out of the picture, and people are just gonna know him by being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, I would. He's already come out, like you said, set his goal, and 
And I would look for him to put up the most yards in the league for the second consecutive year. I, I don't I don't see any reason in the world why he won't. And uh, you know, I I was called biased, you know, about Alabama. Now I'll be honest with y'all, I, I am an Alabama fan through and through. I bleed crimson all the way. But Leo Jones is the best wide receiver that Alabama has put out or probably will put out. Unless they start inventing cyborgs and, you know, making humans half cyborgs. Because that's the only way you're going to be better than Julio Jones. Well, and see, I was talking to someone a couple days ago. They were talking about how, you know, it seems like these players excel at either the college level or the NFL level. He excelled at every level. Well, don't get me wrong. He was good in college, but he has been phenomenal in the NFL. I mean – his NFL performance by far overshadows anything he did while at Alabama. Oh, that's for sure. And, I mean, again, Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than Greg McElroy, but still, I mean, Julio Jones has found his niche there at Atlanta, and more than likely he will retire as an Atlanta Falcon. Oh, he probably will, and you know what? He'll move right back to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's already bought the Kia dealership here. That that's his plan. Like you said, he'll retire quietly. Oh, he's gonna. And you know what? He's probably gonna live two doors down from Nick Saban. Well, maybe so. Right there in Crown Point. <laughs> and as my number five receiver, I have Juju Smith Schuster. And that's my that's my favorite name, Juju Smith Schuster. That is an awesome name, but I don't think that very many people will agree with him being on this list over Antonio Brown, but here's pretty much my only reason for that. Juju Smith-Schuster has two-time Super Bowl champion um, last year through the most yards in the league, Ben Roethlisberger. Antonio Brown now has Derek Carr playing for him. Derek Carr has made the playoffs, I believe, one time in his career. So, even though Antonio Brown will definitely be the number one wide receiver at Oakland, I still think Juju will have more production this year simply because of the quarterback and the rest of the team he has around him. For sure. And now, a quick question. Aren't Aren't the uh, Raiders moving to Las Vegas this year, or is that next year? I don't believe it will be until next year. Okay, because I, w- I know because the, the Warriors have left Oakland, and then I knew that the, the Raiders were already planning to leave before Oakland said anything, the Warriors said anything about leaving. Yeah, I know they're building that stadium, but I don't think it's quite finished. I don't think it'll be yeah. ready in time for this season. And I, I, I think I remember like a couple years ago or a year ago, I, that's when Marshawn Lynch said he was going to stay because they were moving to Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. And so – Now, you know what? Now, Marshawn Lynch, there is a beast right there. Oh, Yeah. He's incredible. That is that you know what, and I you know this is probably you know I'm not trying to be rude here, but that is a man. He is a thug. Like I would hate to mess with that dude outside, like in an alleyway. That dude looks like he would just snatch you up and say, "Give me all your money." 
But in a good way, because I mean, it's just he's just monstrous looking. Yeah, beast mode. So shoot. And then that commercial with him at the one hundred one hundredth season or whatever. The where oh. he started he started that whole started that whole mess. <laughs> oh, because he wanted to try some cake. <laughs> but again, I think Juju's um production the past two years more than speaks for itself. And now he's the number one wide receiver there in Pittsburgh. And I think he'll have a fantastic season. Oh, he'll do great because there's no one there but him and the running back to do anything. Yeah, I mean, they have a couple other receivers, but Juju will definitely be the the face of the franchise this year, I believe. So uh, what are we going to talk about next episode? That's going to be the uh... – and that's going to be the defense. Uh, next episode, we'll probably try to cram in the remaining three, um, the kickers, tight ends, and defenses. Okay. Um, there's pretty much, as far as kickers go, there's not that much to talk about because basically a kicker, a kicker kick. does not stay there if he can't kick. So, I mean, you got Mason Crosby and Justin Tucker and Robbie Gold and Will Lutz and Jake Elliott and the Chiefs kicker, whose name is slipping my mind right now. 